running is you know very often a very selfless thing a selfish thing but you know when you do those you have another another reason for being out there which is way way more about someone else than yourself and it's it, it can be massively fulfilling Kia ora everyone, that was Mal Law. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio, interesting conversations with interesting runners. Okay, Eugene, um, look, they just keep sending us letters. Ultra. Another one. Ultra footwear. Shit, there's two. This is two this week. Just this week? Yeah, so I'm... It's wearing me down, man. I've been burning them. I've been ignoring putting them. Putting them in the rabbit hutch. Yep, putting them in the rabbit hutch, but they just they just keep sending us letters. So, Ultra. What are they saying? Well, I don't know what these ones say. I've given one to you, so. All right. Yeah. Right. So this is from... This is from their lawyers. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Lost in the past... We have ordered you to cease and desist. Mm. You seem to be laboring under the misapprehension that Ultra is in any way, shape or form supportive of your endeavor. Uh, we've still got your dog. I wonder where Rigby so, was. Yeah, it's really yeah. bumming me out. Poor Rigby. Um, I don't know that he should pay the price. Well, I think he's just a pawn. Yeah. He's just caught up in yeah. it. But, like, I mean, this one's more kind of about... How good they are. What are they saying on this one? They're just about how good their shoes are. In terms of what? The zero drop or the... Zero drop. Toe-shaped... Yeah. The toe-shaped toe-shaped foot box. All that. Yeah. Um, <sighs> you know, I don't know. Should we like talk about that more? Maybe... Be more positive instead of like... Yeah. Somehow demonic and... Yeah, I mean the whole, you know, necromancy. like... I don't necromancy know if, was a strong word, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it's... And they had kept it secret all those years. They, and they had. just went and blew it. Yeah. Just talked yeah. about it openly. We should have just been talking about the zero drop. We should, uh, yeah, and and the you know the the Vibram the the Mega Grip compound on the yeah. new Olympus yeah. the, the three grip is, is great. a fantastic yeah. shoe, really is. Hey, look, should we say sorry? Well, I think sorry is a strong strong word. It's a strong word. Yeah. Sh- uh, let's just say from Eugene and Matt mm. at Dirt Church Radio. Yeah. We regret any misunderstanding that we might have caused with Ultra Footwear. Our zero drop zero overlords, drop overlords. Yep. and we hope to bring this to a fruitful working relationship going forward. And thanks for sponsoring our podcast. Can I please have my dog back now? Yeah. Radio. Here we are, show number nine. Yes, number nine. Well, what happened? Well, a hell of a lot happened. We made it. We did made it. We did made it. We did made it. I'm great. I'm great at English. Um, Malcolm Law coming up on the show. Yeah, this is the big one. Yeah, super excited about this one. Yeah, I think because that... I was trying to think in the context of New Zealand, he's is he probably he's probably the biggest name. Yeah, I think that in trial running. I think that yeah, I think in... that Malcolm over the last ten years, in terms of publicity or putting you know the trial running community on the map and you know publicity around his endeavors as adventures he is the most well-known yeah both inside and outside of trial running yeah yeah he's had that reach yeah the map within our community so we're honored to have him on the show absolutely um, thank you very much now just we uh, omitted last week from the show we don't have any embarrassing apologies this week which is quite good but we did omit to mention our late what is he he's our uh, zero drop overlord yeah grant guys yeah he ran the previous weekend and we'd spoken to him about the race that he was entering. Yeah, Evie Balladone uh, at Le Chapitre in France. And he was 144 kilometer, looked like very technical, very gnarly mountain ultramarathon. And I uh, woke up in the morning to check in on it. You know, I was following him tracking and I see that he dropped out around 55 kilometers uh, with a chest infection. I just wanted to say, Grant, like, well done, man. It sucks that you went to France and got a chest infection and, and dropped out, but it also probably would suck more being in hospital with pneumonia in France. And Absolutely. Yeah, and there's going to be... Get out. Yeah, we just want to say there's going to be plenty more amazing trails and plenty more amazing beers that you showered yourself across 
Instagram and other yep. social media posts with um, drinking. Um, no, sorry, that, that sounds really bad. No, no, no drinking yes, machine. You Enjoy really. yourself. He, yeah, he sat there with a lovely be- looking beer, is what I try want to say. Yeah, clumsily uh, and controversially, he's been his entry to Crush Chicago has been withdrawn. Yeah. Yeah, hard luck, Grant. Oh, it must be gutting. I also just wanted to mention too. I saw in the UTMB results list last week Sophie Grant, who had a little British flag next to her, and yeah. then I heard an interview with her, a little snippet of an interview on the Marathon Talk podcast, and she had a distinctly Kiwi accent. Very so, New Zealand. So we'll claim that. So yeah. Sophie Grant, fifth, five UTMBs, and she came twelfth this year. Well That's done, incredible. Yeah, it really and, is. Um, Ruth Croft was cheering her along apparently in the second half of the race so it's great to have two amazing kiwi women out there absolutely yeah hey last week's guest tony page he's been in action yeah all blacks have been going well um if you haven't listened to that episode uh you should listen to it he's a really interesting guy and he was he's been out there on the on the field with the all blacks yeah super interesting guy i was i was really 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 interested in and i enjoyed the conversation you know talking about tim noakes talking i know about, i've forgotten about that he's yeah a, he's a guinea pig for tom, tim a- noakes absolutely. and when i was listening back to the episode when it came out last week yeah. oh yeah yeah indeed so mm. hey speaking of tony page i'm sound like i'm jumping along here no jump terrible along. segues to serial segues but maury abraham who will come to with stuff you should know who was he's the principal of hobsonville point secondary school here in auckland uh but Famously comes from a Portiki. Tony Page used to be his doctor, oh, and world. he said he made the, yeah he made the mistake of going for runs with him when they were back in a Portiki together. And Tony was way too fast, like sub forty minute ten k's. Ten k's, yeah, yeah. So stuff you should know is the importance of making your own culture. Yeah, yeah. and I think that looking at our guest today, Malcolm Law, you know, the this is a really germane topic. What we wanted to talk about is is yeah, just that, the importance of making your own culture, and especially in terms of the trail and ultra running community in New Zealand, it's very small, but what we wanted to say was just get out and do things. Like yeah. if you've got an idea for a blog or a podcast or a video series or a any other type of medium or a race or anything, don't be frightened and go out and make your own culture because your contribution can only enrich everything else that yeah. everyone else is doing. Even just getting a group of runners together in the local forest or bush or the trails that you run in. Um, yeah. See if anyone else is around that wants to run. Make your own culture, like Matt says. And I think that that, you know, in terms of, again, to bring it back to Mal Law, what he has accomplished in terms of his fundraising efforts, raising, you know, $800,000 for the New Zealand Mental Health Foundation, you know... Mal is, and, and, and it will come to it in this interview, he's he's a very, in some ways, very ordinary human being, much like myself or Eugene in terms of his foibles or anything else that's going along for him. But I was reflecting on it, his fundraising efforts were his means of contributing to a problem yeah. Or to uh, you know to the cause of mental health, which he has affected him greatly. You know, with the the loss of uh, a family member to suicide. So you can that's one end of the spectrum, which is very large scale, organised. You know, a lot of infrastructure there. But Malcolm's doing the same thing that we're doing. We're doing the same thing that someone who's doing a blog is doing is contributing to the culture and doing that for the reason that they want to reach other people but they also just want to i guess make a difference in their own way yeah and what got us thinking about that uh was both our interview coming up or a conversation with with mal but also Mori abraham who we mentioned who who in his blog uh principal possum it's an interesting name for a blog yeah. it is uh he uh wrote and shared on our social media uh, how dirt church radio came to my rescue and this is not meant in a self-indulgent way because no. it's actually what it's what Maury says um, about the effect on him that's the more important thing here. But the first thing is it's got it out running again, and that's fantastic. He's done a lot of adventure racing, and he's got a marathon PB faster than mine. 
damn him. Anyway, but also he says, more importantly, they've inspired me by the way they've used the context of trail running and ultra running and the medium of Korero with people, with interesting people to explore the human condition. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what so. we're trying to do. And as big a fans, you know, as curious as we are about people, and I think Eugene and I both inherently, we're both huge running nerds, but we're also curious people and we love people. We would encourage and send out a call to action Start your own podcast, start your own blog, start your own race, get up and start doing, building this culture because it feels great and it contributes to the whole. Yeah. Uh, it was actually another thing that Tony mentioned in the in the conversation last week's show. Uh, we got talking about cross country and schools and I was thinking... Maybe that's something we can do as, as athletes, as runners. Athletes, we're not, I consider we're myself athletes. a runner rather than an athlete, but you know, maybe we can do more to help schools with this problem of cross country and get out there and show kids that running doesn't have to be this horrible punishment thing. Yeah. It can be something that's fun and enriching. Yep, school cross country sucks, but it doesn't have to. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Hey, greatest run ever. Uh, which is what will happen to you if you do enjoy cross country, kids. That's right. Yeah, uh, we've got our first Twitter submission this week. We tell you every week. Contact us on the Gmail and on the social media platforms. But we have our first drum roll, please, uh, Twitter submission, and it's from Carly Jane Jones. And we will we'll put the photo on yeah, we'll our show notes because it. it's just incredible. Uh, my hashtag greatest run ever is well any race with my dad representing Achilles. I may be a, well, walker, but I aim to finish with a smile on my face. We'll aim to run next year at Dirt Church Radio. Hashtag go Achilles. And the photo, you've got to see it. It's yeah. fantastic. It's um, Carly Jane with her dad. Part of the Achilles Foundation. Yep. And it's superb. And go and have a look because uh, it's really good. And so, yeah, good luck. And whether you walk or run next year, uh, just have a great time and keep doing it with your dad and what a beautiful thing that is. Yeah. So that's a great, greatest run ever. So I've got one here from Daniel Balbies. I hope I'm saying that right, bro. My name is Daniel and I'm a runner three years ago. I was 122 kilograms and couldn't walk up the stairs without getting out of breath. I guess I just got swept up in work and a young family and more work. And before I really knew it, I was sitting there being told by my doctor that I was a shade off being morbidly obese. I had high blood pressure and I was heading to an early grave. That night I went for a walk, and the night after that, and the night after that, and the night after that, and after a few weeks, I started to jog between lampposts. Over the next two years, I lost 44 kilos and gained a whole new perspective on life, and hopefully a handful more years. I'd say definitely a handful Absolutely. more years. Now I run. I love entering local 10K races in the Xterra. I mountain bike. I did the Karapoti Classic this year. Road ride and compete in cyclocross, which most of the time is just running while pushing your bike through the mud in the rain. And man, I'm jealous because <laughs> I want to start cyclocross racing. I'm relatively new to running, especially trail running, as it's been fascinating to hear your guests tell their stories and to find out more about trail running. I'm not sure I've been running long enough to have a greatest run, but for me, there's nothing better than the sense of freedom and grounding that I feel when running. I guess my greatest run so far was doing the Butcher Track Cattle Ridge five-mile track loop in the Orongorongo Valley just out of Wellington with my best mate Malcolm. It's a lovely technical rooty track that keeps you on your toes, but that shared experience of freedom and grounding was something that I've never felt before. So thank you for giving me more of an insight into the world of trail running and inspiring me. You guys rock. Well, actually, Daniel, you rock. You rock, buddy. So it's fantastic. Like you are smashing it, and uh, we are so pleased to hear from you. And we'll put this call out right in at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Greatest run ever. We would love to hear from you. Yep. Use the hashtag hey, greatest run ever yep. on social media and um, let us know. But those are two fantastic examples. Thank you, guys. So Malcolm Law. Malcolm Law. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Malcolm describes himself, and I think it's appropriate, as an adventurer, fundraiser, and storyteller. He has, contribu- he has completed multiple multi-day events, you know, starting off with the seven great walks in New Zealand in seven days. He has also done the uh, events in the UK, the Coastal Path, and he ran the Dragon's Back in Wales. Chasing the Dragon. Chasing the Dragon. And he's also not smoking heroin. He he was running the whole time. (laughs) We'd just like to make that clearly. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's important. It's an important point. 
He's also, what he's probably best known for in this country is uh, completing the High Five O, which is 50 marathons, 50 peaks in 50 days, and he raised over $500,000 uh, for the New Zealand Aotearoa Mental Health Foundation. He is all, he's moved on from there, or moved past, moved through, and is now the head of Wild Things New Zealand, which is an online trail running community, which is intensely popular, and... Uh, probably takes up the majority of his time yeah it sounds uh, like at it at the moment yeah. Yeah. yeah and we couldn't you know he's 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 he's, in, he's inescapable in, in the best way i guess if you've run an ultra in new zealand you've probably been on the start mm. with and Malcolm. still you see people at races with the red shirts yeah yeah absolutely from the 50 50 50 incredibly challenge. popular yeah. yeah he's written uh one step beyond yep uh, copy which is on my table just there and I think together with his wife Sally uh, who's an integral part of everything that Malcolm does he mm. he's you know they, they together have really made a name for themselves in New Zealand's in New Zealand's trial running community uh, and I think as we said at the start of the show probably no better no bigger name really no more well-known name no through his own endeavors through what he does to encourage others and through now through wild things yeah and also, I think the using himself really, yeah, you know, his his own. He's put himself out there. Yeah, he's put himself out there, and that takes a lot of courage. So, yeah. we are thrilled to have Mal on the show, and uh, here it is, Malcolm Law on Dirt Church Radio. Dirt Church Radio. Mr. Malcolm Law, a man who needs very little introduction in the Aotearoa trail running community, but I'll do one anyway, Malcolm Law. Adventurer, fundraiser, storyteller. Welcome to Dirt Church Radio. How are you, sir? Good morning, guys. Yeah, very nice to uh, be here. And uh, yeah, not bad for a Monday morning. Not bad for a Monday morning, indeed. So, Mal, you've just been away, and you've just been back. You've just come back from the mountains of Colorado. You've been back a couple of weeks. What have you been up to? Oh, just. Uh struggling to get back into real life and catch up on all the all the work front really not got anywhere near as much running in in the last few weeks since getting back from Colorado as I'd like got a little niggly injury at the moment which is uh, a bit annoying as well but um yeah just I guess readjusting after a a marvelous adventure over there yeah and that I mean that looked like an incredible adventure can you tell us a little bit about it and you know for instance people not quite sure where you know where where you were. Tell us a little bit about the mountains and and what you experienced there. Yeah, well, we were in the San Juan Mountains, which is home of the uh, infamous Hard Rock 100 race, and um, we'd been toying with the idea, talking to our friend Frosty for a couple of years about, hey, it'd be really cool to come over and see you over in Colorado, and um, maybe we could fast pack that Hard Rock course because yep. there is actually a recognised. It's a recognised thing to do in, in America is a soft rock, which is basically doing the hard rock course over a number of days, but not not as part of the race. Yeah. Uh, and and Mel, just, just, to, just to clarify, when you say Frosty, you just drop that name in, that's actually Anna Frost, previous winner of hard rock, you know, shows, so not a, not a slouch in terms of a guide. No, no, two, two times winner of the hard rock and she knows the course um, like the back of her hand, so... Uh, we were in, we, in yeah, we were in very good uh, very good company there, um, and not only a very accomplished and experienced runner, obviously, but just one of the one of the nicest people on the planet. So awesome person to spend uh, spend some time with. Yeah, her and her now husband Braz. Um, we had a ball. Yeah, fantastic. So we we I mean, so you just you followed the hard rock course, but over a few days. Is that how it rolled? Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a number of ways you can do it. You can do a really soft rock and kind of do it with support vehicles in place and drop boxes and uh, a couple of nights staying in hotels in, in the towns that you pass through. Or you can do a slightly more hardcore soft rock, which, <laughs> which is what we like to think we did, which was basically fast packing it over over five days. So we just took bivy bags and flies and um, cookers, carried all our food pretty much for the for, for the duration. So we had pretty heavy packs, and yeah, I mean, we did it over five days. So you think, bloody hell, that's that's pretty soft, isn't it? But, you know, you're still doing an average of 32K a day, a couple of thousand metres of climb, and you're doing it all at an altitude of between kind of three and 4,000 metres plus. So wow. yeah. it's, 
it's pretty the altitude is bigger. Yeah, the altitude is, I think, the thing we found, found the toughest. Yeah. And then you went back um, for the race itself, didn't you? And I think you paced in uh, ah, the yeah. last finisher. Yeah, yeah, it was always the idea that we'd be there for the race weekend as well. I mean, we'd heard so much about this legendary race and the, the family that's grown up around it and the whole atmosphere. So we really wanted to sample that. Um, so, yeah, we stayed on after we finished our, our soft rock the day before the race started. Um, then we stayed on and I'd already um, there were no no Kiwis in it this year. Uh, no Grant guys or, mm. or anyone else. Um, but. Uh, we had two Australian friends who were doing it, and I'd said to them both, look, if you need any help with uh, support or pacing or anything, let us know. And not too long before we left, um, Andy Hewitt, who um, is a, was doing it for his fifth time, got in touch and said, look, I had an absolute mare going over the final hill last time, only just made it. Um, I'd love some company on that. So, yeah, the final nine miles from Cunningham to the finish, um, I paced Andy. And it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was an awesome experience because um, I got dropped up at Cunningham Aid Station about 8 o'clock at night knowing that I was in for quite a long wait for Andy who probably wasn't going to show up before midnight. Um, and as I, as I got dropped off there, this cataclysmic thunderstorm just erupted over the, over the mountains. Even the, the, hard, you know, the, the old-time hard rockers were going, holy shit, this is a big one. I wouldn't want to be up here and up, up on the mountains in this. And, of course, Andy was. He was up on the tops in that shit. Wow. Um, long story short, so it was great. I hung around at, at, at Cunningham Aid Station in the dark, with, you know, just really getting a, a great feel for what it's like in the latter stages of the race. Um, seeing a lot of the, the tail end people coming through. Um, Andy, the cutoff at Cunningham was two o'clock in the morning um, for a six o'clock finish at the cutoff line, at uh, the, 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 the finish line. And the rule with hard rock is you've got to do it in 48 hours. If you do it in 48 hours and one second, you are not an official finisher. Right. So <laughs> no buckle. You know, you might get a handshake if you're lucky, but that's it. 48 hours. If you have any, anything over that, you're not an official finisher. So it's pretty brutal. Um, and last time Andy did it, he did it in 47 hours and something. Uh, and it had taken him five hours to get from Cunningham, five hours, 10 minutes to get from Cunningham to the finish. Wow. And, uh, this year he rocked up at that aid station at quarter to two in the morning with four and a quarter hours to go. And we just rushed him through the aid station, gave him like two minutes and then piled him straight out the other side. And, um, I had to coax him up this thousand meter climb, kind of like a vertical, vertical K to, to do in the dark. You know, he's, he's been going, what is it, 44 hours at this stage. And then somehow or other, he started some running legs on the other side. And um, yeah, I get, you know, it was, it was brilliant. So I just, I just led from the front and um, coaxed him through, coaxed him through, got, got to within five kilometers of the finish. Saw we had 45 minutes to do it. And thought, this is, this is tight. Um, but long, yeah, we, we got him there with three minutes to spare. Wow. Wow. So High drama. 47 hours, 57 minutes, or 56 minutes, 30 seconds, something like that. Yeah. And he just clapped to his knees and kissed that rock. And it was like the, the crowd was going crazy. I bet they were. What an atmosphere. <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing experience. I said to him afterwards, it's probably, I mean, it, it's, it's one of the great, great moments of my running life doing that. Um, you know, just, just, and one of the other great moments of my running life was doing something similar for Sal at Kepler, pacing her through for a, a sub eight that she wanted at Kepler. Right. And it, it just reminded me how running is, you know, very often a very selfless thing, a selfish thing. But you know, when you do those, you have another another reason for being out there, which is way way more about someone else than yourself. And it's it it can be massively fulfilling. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I, on that, and and. and dovetailing nicely or carrying on from that I mean you have made your running very much over the last 10 years plus about not just about yourself but about reaching others about you know uh, community and advocacy for mental health that that's really well storied and 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 documented what what's happening for you now I mean You've been through, you know, high fifth, high five zero, and all that stuff. Wild things that the community you've established is is is, is rearing to go. What are you looking to for the future? 
Yeah, um, I've got to say, I've, I feel like I've, um, I've I've reached something of a something of a crossroads, and I'm becoming more and more aware of the fact that um, I've got a <laughs> I've got an aging body. You know, it's um, the next birthday is is fifty nine, um, and that's yeah. Uh, it's it's starting to dawn on me that. Um, I'm not, yeah, that I'm not getting any younger. I've got to say, right up to, I think, the, the time of High Five O, which I did when I was 55, I'd never contemplated the aging process. I just didn't give it a moment's thought. Um, but in the aftermath of that and going through the chronic fatigue that that caused, and I, I've become a lot more acutely aware of um, the increasing limitations on, on my body. Right. You know, I still love being out there. I still love the long distance running. I, still, I love running trails of any, any kind, long or short. Um, but I'm probably a bit more tempered in my ambitions for myself for the future. Um, but that said, I want to carry on the advocacy and the fundraising for a cause that I you know, absolutely believe in. Um, I mean, we all know that uh, getting out there and, and spending time in the outdoors, being active, having goals is, is, is good for your mental well-being. It's a good preventative strategy to keep you keep you on the straight and narrow. Um, but I'm not planning any massive high five o type of fundraising runs. You know, I've done five of them over the years, raised eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something for for charity, mostly for the Mental Health Foundation, and I'm I'm satisfied with that. Yeah. So the future now is, um, you know, there's a, still an awful lot of energy going into the Wild Things Project, in particular to developing the, the trail directory and sharing the love for the trails through that, through that community. Um, so that's one big project that's ongoing. Uh, but the other thing that we're working on now is another um, fundraising project, which we're calling Out There April. Um, and that is going to be a little bit like, um, if you think of Movember, um, where you kind of claim a month of the year and you enroll people to do something for that month to raise awareness of a cause and um, raise money for that for a charity. Yeah. Um, we thought, well, growing a moustache has got nothing to do with mental health. In fact, pretty quite bad for your mental health <laughs> in some regard. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be good for my mental health because Sal would not like me with a, with a moustache. Um, uh, so what we are planning to do starting April next year, and we'll be launching this well before that in the not-too-distant future, is encouraging people to come up with their own little outdoor challenge, be that walking, running, biking, uh, get out into nature, set yourself a goal for the month of April. Um, and uh, sign up to out there April, raise some, raise, help raise some funds for the Mental Health Foundation through doing that. Um, so there's been a lot of work going on in the background on that. We haven't gone public with it really as yet, but we will be in the, in the near future. Well, so, I guess you are now. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. There's hey, the, there's hey the so listeners, just keep that quiet, okay? Don't tell anyone at the moment. Just wait, wait for the launch. Yeah, this is our little secret. <laughs> Start talking about it, and if anyone's interested, you know, we know runners like a challenge. So, you know, just start giving a little bit of quiet thought to what could be a, a good challenge to do during the month of April. It could be a it could be a daily running challenge. You might commit to doing 5K a day. Uh, or it could be that you want to run that, that big run that you always said you were going to do one of these days sometime in April. Yeah, it could be. Okay. The, the sky's the limit in terms of what's possible. And I think it's really, like, I, I really applaud the fact that you have talked about diversifying you know, you said swim or you didn't say swim, but I said swim, but run or walk or bike or just go outside. I think in, you know, in the past high, fi- high 5.0, that's amazing, but it's almost, it did generate a lot of publicity. It did generate a lot of money, which is fantastic. But the, the reach of, you know, you're going to go and you're going to do this amount of running and, and lots of people got on board with that. It's paddling in a very specific pool, isn't it? Because it's, yeah. it's the by trail runners, off trail runners, for trail runners, with some outliers, I'm sure. It's really heartening to hear, and especially from my perspective as a mental health professional, that you are looking to widen that scope. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the message stands good, um, regardless of how you choose to do that that, that exercise, what, what form it takes. Yeah. It's the, 
the simple act of getting outside, getting away from cars and roads and internet and all that stuff as much as possible, um, communing with nature if you like, yeah. and, and and just being active. And I, and I think that is just amplified when you when you wrap some kind of goal around it because the yeah. sense of reward you get for accomplishing the goal um, just adds to that adds to that satisfaction and that that sense of well being. And the fact that it's the fact that it's scalable. So somebody who just wants to get off the couch for the first time in their life and and try and yeah. achieve a goal is, yeah. can do it as much as you know Matt here, who's who's a, a accomplished uh, ultra runner. So it's <laughs> um, so it's it's I, I like that idea about it. It's anyone can. No, do it. definitely. We're, we're, it's a very every man approach. We don't. You know, I mean, high five o. Just to join a day of the high five o, you had to be. Albeit the fact we were going slowly, you know, we were going into some pretty hairy backcountry sure, stuff. Yeah. So we had to screen people, you know, who wanted to come on one of those runs and make sure that we thought they were up to the up to the job. So it was kind of like a an intermediate level and above trail runner that that, that we were reaching. Yeah. Whereas you know, with this out there April project, I mean, we're probably creating a pool of people that ten times the size that that um, could could be a part of it and. And it's not prescriptive. It's not like you must join one of the days that we've mapped out. It's like you can do whatever you like. It's your choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it have to be a marathon. It doesn't have to be a um, ride around Tapo. It, it could no. be an, an adventure of your own choosing or a series of um, daily commitments of your own choosing. So we think it's going to be very inclusive. We hope to get a lot of people on board. And we've got some pretty lofty goals in terms of the the amount of money we want to raise. I mean, we're, we're looking at scaling it up to a million-dollar-plus fundraiser, annual fundraiser, very quickly. Right, fantastic. Um, which could make a massive impact, yeah. yeah. Where do you see that making the most impact? Like, in terms of what, what's the – what when you talk about impact, what are your goals for the, for the impact of, I guess, your project going forward? Um, the, the, well, the guys' the goals – Sort of fall into uh, in, into two. I think there's the <clears throat> there's the whole thing about walking the talk. There's the spreading the message, encouraging people to get out there, get active, feel the benefits. So you know, it's almost like an, a bit of an educational piece. I mean, it's a lot of time of preaching to the converted, but we're just trying to create or reinforce that habit of using exercise in the outdoors as a preventative strategy for maintaining and improving your mental well-being. Right. You know, we're under and in that regard, we're under no illusions at all that going out for a walk is going to um, make much of a difference if you have got a clinical mental health condition such as severe bipolar. You know, that requires more intervention than you're going to get from walking along a nice lake on a nice day. But firmly believe that having a regular routine that involves being active in the outdoors gives people a break from the, the modern world that will very often have a cumulative downward spiral on the effect on their psyche and lead them into lead, lead them into trouble somewhere down the line. And I, I firmly believe that we can help prevent that. So there's you know there's that sort of educational messaging, um, walking the talk side of, side of things. And then the other of course is is, is is the money that you can raise and what you can do with it. And you know I particularly like the work of the Mental Health Foundation. They're not the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff that's providing the support when people are feeling suicidal or just lost in the mire of nasty mental health disease, that that's another sort of gambit. But what they're what they're focusing on through all the work they do, all the all the programs they develop and the education they do and publicity they do and the advocacy they fight for is at the preventative end of the spectrum again. So it's very much about trying to create a society where mental well-being is 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 facilitated encouraged and 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 built and that requires an awful lot of work and an awful lot of of funds to do and um there's not a lot of government funding from that there's not a lot of private funding from that no there's not the contribution that we make through fundraising like the the high five was the biggest single fundraiser biggest single sum of money that ever received um, and so, yeah, made a huge difference to to their ability to um, do the programs they wanted to do. That's, I mean, that's yeah, that's very well explained. And it's it's uh, you're right talking about. I mean, I, we talked last week 
you know, about this thing about around, you know, and mental health and suicide and, and suicides particularly, um, but talking about stuff, talking about depression, talking about suicide, talking about all that sort of stuff, the more you talk about it, the it seems like there's this misconception that if we talk about it, people will do it. But it seems oh, to be just that, you know, if we, t- and, and that is a thing, like, uh, you know, it, it used to be in healthcare, if you talk about domestic violence, you'll give people ideas. If you talk about suicide, you're going to give people ideas. But in all the research shows and all the, you know, the experiential stuff, it's, it's, it's just the opposite. Yeah. You yeah. said something about, and that's excellent. And so, well done, sir. Um, that's something about what? I said, you said something before about the internet. Oh, the internet, Yes. Oh, the internet. Wild Things is primarily an internet-based um, enterprise. Yeah. yeah. How do you... Co- I mean, that sounds... How are you coping with that? Because it seems like you, you know, you are very much entwined with the Wild Things brand. You know, you inspire people. People want a piece of you all the time. How are you coping with that? Um. Yeah, it's a real double-edged sword, that one, Matt, because, um, I mean, while things couldn't exist, it couldn't do what it does without the internet quite clearly, um, you know, both the website and the and the Facebook group, um, which are the main platforms we have, uh, are, are um, absolutely dependent on that. And, um, you know, the, the fun and games with, with internet-based stuff is it's all about content, 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 contact, 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 message, message, message. Um, so it is very time consuming. And I, the more time I spend on Facebook, the more time I spend in doing email and all that other internet based communication, the more I come to, well, loathe it, to, to be honest. I mean, it's not, I, I become more and more aware of its potential impact on on your psyche and your mental well-being and you know well enough let's 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 be totally upfront about this we we had a conversation three weeks ago when i was just back in colorado we were talking about recording this podcast and i had to i had to pull out because i was i was seriously wobbling on on the edge of of of, of you know i was having a serious struggle um mm. And largely that was about coming back from a, from a wonderful event. You know, everyone gets these post-holiday blues, but when you, when you just look at this endless list of emails to reply to, posts that you've got to make, just trying to catch up with all the things you haven't done with the, with the, where, with the period of limited internet, and I was just overwhelmed and really, really struggling as a result. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, and... But for me, it's all about learning to keep, to get the balance right. You know, I've got this tendency to overcommit and just have too many ideas and try and do too much. So I'm really learning to try and focus on the, what are the things that really matter to me? How much time does that require me to be on the internet? Make it as, as, as make it as efficient and as limited as possible. But you know, all that said, you know, the internet's not going to go away and it is a powerful medium and you can use it for an awful lot of good. So, you know, Wild Things has given, I hope, a lot of people, a lot of ideas, a lot of information, a lot of inspiration, all of which encourages them to get out, run trails and benefit physically and mentally from that. So that's good. Uh, Likewise, without their April, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to require a lot of time on the internet to build the community and do all the sort of things that wild things is doing for the trail running community so you know it's a it's a blessing and a, and a curse and the, the 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 long and short of it is you've got to find the balance and the moment i feel like i can't control that balance anymore then people may well go online one day and find wild, wild things have disappeared i don't know i really don't i really don't want to do that <laughs> no, but, and it, it's it, that's why it's important to find that balance. Yeah. And I yeah. appreciate you being open Absolutely. and honest about that. That's that's fantastic, and it's I think it's good for people to hear that you know that that even you know even somebody as as um, prominent and as um, experienced and 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 experienced in life as you still has those moments of ah I can't cope. I think that's a good message for people to hear. Yeah, and just because I guess you you're not you know like you said when we spoke three weeks ago, you know, you'd come back from holiday and all that stuff and you're jet lagged and whatever, but
but just because you're not, I, I guess it shows to that power of that stuff that you were talking about before, just because you weren't coping then doesn't mean you're not coping now. No, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in a much better, much better space. Um, and I think I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually quite proud of myself for making that call. You know, I felt really bad at the time saying to you guys, well, guys, I know we're supposed to be talking in five minutes, but I don't think I can do it. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I'm actually quite proud of myself that I did that. Because yeah. you know, that, was a, that was a hard call to make, but tell you if I if I you know, God knows what the interview would <laughs> I, <laughs> look would have been like it could have got, it could have got pretty interesting. <laughs> and and to be honest, you know, and to be honest with you, Mal, when I got the call, when we got the when we got the text message, I was like, and and this is me going to be a little bit hard. I was going, nah, we'll just get him to do it, nah, nah. And then you rang, and, I, <laughs> and then within about twenty seconds, we were like, okay, let's just leave that alone because yeah. you know you weren't in place, but. It's. I guess it does. It, it it shows that thing of you know, like you're a human being just like everyone else, and it's good that you reflect that, and it's good that you can talk openly about that. So moving on to perhaps more exciting and you know positive things. You've got your finger. I mean, you are very well connected in the New Zealand trail community, and it's undertaking an amazing amount of growth. What's the most exciting thing that you can see happening in? Uh, the Aotearoa New Zealand trail running community at the moment. What's and what are you most excited about, sort of, both on that level and maybe with events as well? Where do you see it going? This community going. I guess I just see it. I see it. It's got. It's on. It seems to be on an unstoppable growth curve. I. I, I don't see that slowing so much. Um, I think that's going to keep keep going. I think the, you know, for me, well. For me, the excitement still is, is, is what it's always been, which cause my, my, my love of trail running is not, doesn't come so much from you know, the love of the locomotory action of putting one foot in front of the other as fast as you can. It comes from the places it takes me, the adventures it gives me, the opportunity for exploration, the opportunity to meet with and, and, and talk to people who everyday life just would not bring me into contact with otherwise you know it's you you end up talking with people on the complete opposite side of the political spectrum or of a completely different life background um and yet you unite through the simple act of the love of trail running so my hope is that that continues that is that is the uh, a reason why people um, continue to join the community and be a part of the community and continue to trail run. I hope it doesn't become all about competition and performance. You know, you see with increasing commercialization, you know, more sponsorship deals and, and, and all the rest of it, I guess the, the, the competitive end of things becomes more publicized, more prominent, gets more, gets more airtime. But I'd hate to see New Zealand. I don't want to ever want to see a UTMB event in, in, in New Zealand. It, to me, it just doesn't feel, I mean, don't think it will happen, but it doesn't feel right, that degree of glamour, that much lycra running around. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, I mean, that's a very European, you know, that, that, that race couldn't happen anywhere else but in no. France, could it? Because it's a, speaking of, did you follow it over the weekend? Um, I did. I did from time to time. I had a few friends who, who I was following. I wasn't. I wasn't glued to the glued to dot watching, but I was. Keep, I was checking in on them. Yeah. Yeah. No, neither were we. <laughs> no. <laughs> we absolutely. Yeah. I guess. And I guess that's what happens whenever. Yeah. You know, when when money is involved, then then competition comes, doesn't it? And so, as you say, with more sponsorships and things, and that that sort of becomes part of it. But but it seems to me that the trail community. Does it, I, I don't know. I can never see a moment where it loses that kind of community feel, or am I just being my head in the clouds here? No, I think I think. I mean, I've met so many people now who are new to the community, and they just go, "Wow, God, this is just a breath of fresh air." Because yeah. you know, I've come from triathlon or mountain biking or road biking or road running, or and the, and they're kind of like, "Oh, there's so many dicks out there." You know, they're all kind of mm. all uber competitive with one another, and. Yeah, you know, this this is so different. Everyone's kind of seems to be kind of happy to just go along and go a bit slower if 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 if, if there's a slow person. Everyone's so much more giving of their their time and their knowledge, and it's so much less about ego. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, that that for me has always been what's special about about trail runners and particularly Kiwi trail runners, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you asked me where do I see it going? That that's that's where I want to see it going is really no change in, in in the heart and soul of the sport. Yes, we'll get more events, we'll get more people out there doing them. So it's it's more. I guess that's more of a hope rather than me crystal ball gazing and giving you an answer to the yeah. actual question sure. which is where do i see it going sure <laughs> well, well what about what about with wild things i mean can you just maybe talk to us a little bit about where wild things came from what it is and and what you want it to become right um it's in it's a, it's got quite an interesting birthplace actually the old wild thing because it came about a little over two years ago, and this was when I was in my um, post-high 5 uh, chronic fatigue stage, and I'd been recently diagnosed after a year of denials and um, <laughs> trying to push through, which was the worst possible thing I could have done, and so I ended up in an absolute mess and had to take four months off, just went cold turkey for four months, did not run a step. Um, and instead of running, I was um, told to maybe go for a walk, take the dog, and you know just practice some mindfulness and get into a little bit of you know just calm the hell down because my chronic fatigue was not only a physical thing; it was a mental thing. I just completely over, overcooked myself for years upon years. And so oh, I was quite good at that at first. I was quite surprised. I mean, I so needed that break that I was quite content to go for gentle walks down at the lake with the dog in the morning and think about pretty much nothing but what I could see around me. And then little by little, as I, as I started to feel a little healthier and a little bit more recovered, the brain started winding up again. And I started to get this idea turning around. And it was an idea that had been in the back of my mind for a long time about building the definitive trail guide, trail directory for, for New Zealanders. Um, because I knew there was a massive dearth of information out there you could you could try you could find information about places that might be good to run by sourcing all kinds of various platforms but nothing brought it together in a run-centric way and made it easy and friendly for, for trail runners and so the idea just started ticking over in my head about building this trail directory and then turning it into like a, a collectible thing you know because I'm a big big into my um, bagging peaks as well and I like collecting peaks and I thought oh we could get people to collect trails and make it a voyage of discovery and encourage them to explore and and the more I thought about it the more you know we could then we could do things like what we do we award points for each trail that you knock off and that puts you on a leaderboard and you can you can see where you stand and you can filter that by your age group and all these lovely things and the more this idea grew and grew and grew the more I realized oh shit this is going to cost an awful lot of money to build like we've, got to, we've got to find a way of actually deriving some income from that to pay for it. So all the other things that Wild Things has, has, has become, including the, the shop and, and what have you, is the VIP membership scheme is there to try and fund the ongoing development of the directory and other bits of information and insight and inspiration that we can, we can offer um, through the platform. God, I give some long answers to short questions, then I sorry. No, they're the best answers to give. Thank you. It's it's. Yeah. I was just actually a bit lost, just sitting there thinking about you know what you were talking about. Do you is is wild things at the heart of it? Is it you and Sal? Or do you have anyone else that helps you out, or is it the quintessential it a, one man in a garage? It is. It is the hard hard thing that Sal and I. Yeah, Sal takes takes on pretty much everything to do with the shop and. You know, is, a, is there as a sounding board for all my crazy ideas? Yeah. Um, I do most of, the, most of the rest. We have a little bit of help from Kieran Phillip, one of our great wild things, who we pay Kieran to do the, the mapping for the site. So, you know, we, we turn every trail guide that's submitted into a, into a topo map that people can use. So he's a, he's a bit of a mapping guru, so he, he does all that side of things for us. But that's about the only outside help. And we use professional web, web developers to, to do the web work. So where, where do I see it going? Well, I mean, to me, the heart and soul of, of Wild Things is always going to be that trail directory. I want to keep growing it. I want to keep in, engaging people more and more through it, adding, adding on bells and whistles. I've got one very exciting development just about to happen in the next couple of weeks where people can start to connect with other Wild Things through the website. 
Um, so you'll be able to do things such as you find a trail on the on the directory that you want to run, you put it on your wish list, and then you can see who else has it on their wish list, and you'll be able to message them and say, hey, I see you also want to go and run trail XYZ. Why don't we team up and go and do it? And you can build your own network of, of trail buddies, people who you know, live in the same area, same same level of experience as yourself. You can invite them to become a trail buddy and connect in that way. So the, the I guess it's 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 increasing that sense of community, it's uh, and connectedness between the the wild things, as well as expanding the scope and the the coverage of of the trail directory. They're the they're the things that I'm really focusing on at this point in time. Yeah. Great. Hey, you you mentioned um, Sal there, and we've mentioned her a couple of times during this interview. And people who saw Fifty the movie saw how much an integral part of you know that that whole um, amazing experience what she was. You know, she just seems to be a phenomenal person, and and really you're you're rock. Hell yeah! Oh, that's exactly the word I've used to describe Sal quite a number of times. She is my rock. She is my um, my anchor. Sal's, you know, we none of us are as uh, are as simple as 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 we appear from the outside sometimes. And you know, Sal has her has her moments. Like she always likes to say to me, and we're all works in progress. We're all <laughs> imperfect people trying to be a little bit more perfect each day, uh, and never quite getting there. So. But I think it's probably fair to say that Sal lives her life on a slightly more even keel than me. I tend to be very up and down um, emotionally and mentally. And But she does an absolutely incredible job of just trying to even out those bumps for me, you know, to bring me up when I'm when I'm down and to knock off the, the peaks when I'm in danger of running away on the ups. She gives me back my perspective and my sense of reality and um, just reminds me of what are the important things in life and um, just, yeah, stops me from being my own worst enemy when I'm in danger of becoming my own worst enemy. Not to mention, obviously, all the practical help that she's given to various projects over the year and over the years and the, you know, the amount of support she's put into, in, into things. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've so she is an amazing person, yeah. yeah. And a tenacious athlete in her own right yeah, as well. absolutely. And you get to share your adventures. Yeah, yeah, we get to share a lot of stuff together. <clears throat> and uh, more and more, it's her leading out from out the front and me trying to keep up. She, I mean, she, and, and there's no doubt about it, she's by far, the, I mean, she came into running a lot later than, than me. I think it was probably one of those, if you can't beat them, join them kind of, kind of situations. Her background was much more on yachts, doing sailing and things. But she is, without doubt, the more gifted natural runner of the two of us. You watch Sal run, she's got the most beautiful, flowing, economic style. And I just sort of clump along looking a bit ungainly. Um, so I'm quite jealous of that, actually. Yeah, no, she's she's a hell of a good runner. She is indeed. She is. And I've had the, the, the pleasure of running with, like, last year's Kepler, running with Sal. And, yeah. And yeah, she's she just... She was even-tempered and graceful through the whole thing, and I was sort of lurching around from possum trap to possum trap. (laughs) (laughs) Having a hell of a time. So, Mel, we probably are reaching a point in the conversation where we ask the question that we ask everyone we have on the show, and I think for you this is going to be a particularly hard question, but Malcolm Law, what is your greatest run ever? I, I can only give one answer. You can. Yep. yep, we're going to hold you to that. Okay. Holy moly. That is a tough one. I'll give you time to think by, by explaining to people who, who perhaps are just um, tuning into the show for the first time. But this is just, we, we don't want necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be a race. It doesn't have to be uh, no. an ultra marathon. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, even an event. It can just be a moment uh, uh you know we've had some great examples on the show um and some surprising answers it's just absolutely it's it's it's, it's greatest run ever it's not you know okay. greatest win ever it's okay. not greatest anything it's just your greatest run greatest run ever okay in turn and i guess i'm going to judge this by how many runs have you got to the end of and been absolutely overcome with euphoria and that narrows it down a bit because I've done that, had that feeling quite a few times. Yeah. But okay, one standout, one standout memory for me came halfway through the high five out. And I'd had, for anyone that's seen the movie, they know all about it, three weeks of sheer hell at the start with uh, illness and injury and 
losing a, a friend in a helicopter yeah, crash yeah. and all kinds of shit going down. And then it started to come right around day 23. <laughs> you know, we're almost halfway through. And finally, the joy was starting to return a little and I, I was starting to be able to run without, without pain and things were, things were on the up and up. And then we hit this long run, it was in the near Lake Te- Tekapo in, in, in Mackenzie country of the South Island. It's a long run through the Two Thumb Range from the shores of Lake Te- Tekapo to Mesopotamia Station on the Rangitiki River. I'm always getting confused. And we went over a high peak called Busenberg Peak, which was our target peak for the day. And it was just one of those bluebird days. The sun was shining there was not a breath of wind um lots of amazing things happened during the day the standout one for which was we were sponsored that day by a local school um and the, the school got all the kids involved in fundraising what have you but unbeknownst to us that also tramped into the the peak early in the morning with a whole party of the kids and teachers and and parents and were waiting for us on the summit of this peak you know it's like about 30 people up there waiting for us <laughs> one, one of the students had carried in his pet rock which weighed about <laughs> which he wanted me to sign on the summit have you ever tried signing a rock with a pen on it yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was just one of those days where everything just seemed to click the the scenery was stunning the trail was amazing for me, most of it was was completely new stuff I'd never been on, which was you know I'm, I'm always in my element when I'm doing something for the first time. The company was just stupendous. The people were fantastic, and it was it was you know you had the sense of a real journey. You went from one side of a mountain range to the other, so that sense of journey was there. And we it was about a twelve hour day, and we got through to the far end. Just the sun had set. The moon was coming up over the, over the mountains on the far side of the valley. The, the the stars were coming out. It was that sort of gloomy, beautiful, you know, the loaming light at the end of the day. And we ran down, and there was a support crew waiting for us with a cake and beer and all the good stuff. And it was just like, oh my god, what a day! That was awesome. So. That is probably one of the great, great memories I'll take to my grave, isn't it, from, from my trail running experiences. So there you go, greatest run ever. That's fantastic. Day and that, that sounds like a, a, a run we all, or a day we all dream of. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I smile every time I think of it, yeah. Smiling with you just telling it. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Malcolm, look, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for, uh, you know, thank you. Just, I guess, full stop there. Thank you for your openness, your candor. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and I think that people I think this is going to give people a really amazing context and sort of enrich you know people's experience with wild things and people's experience with 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 what you're doing because it really does give some context so thank you very much man so you're off you're going to hit the trails today what are you up to no I've got this I've got this uh, annoying injury so I've got a physio appointment tomorrow to try and get to the bottom of that but I'm 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 going to be good to my word and go for a little take maybe take the dog down to the lake for a walk today and get my half hour of quiet time just to um, still my brain Fantastic. Um, brilliant con- yeah. it needs constant damping down in that way yeah um, we'll do that yeah and hey. we're also going, yeah, going to go for brunch for a delayed father's day now take sales sales parents out we've also got friends here with a, with a young kid yeah and I'm, I'm i'm a dad too so i'll shout myself hey well thank you so much for coming on we really really appreciate it and we love having you as a a friend of the show oh thanks guys it's been great talking to you thanks for inviting me on and keep up the great work I'm I'm loving uh, loving what you're doing with Dirt Church Radio it's awesome thank you thanks man Here we go. There we go. Hey, a um, Dirt Church Radio exclusive has told us about the event in April. Yeah. That um, sounds really good. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know. And that was a bit of a surprise to us. We didn't know he was going to talk about that. No, we didn't know he was wraps. going to talk about that. And we also, you know, he was very, very open. And we particularly weren't going to share, you know, that we'd had perhaps a false start with him. And he was supposed to come on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I think that speaks to the fact that, you know, 
Malcolm is one of us. He's yeah. a human being. Yeah. And I think if you if you want to look to what he's doing or what he's he's done for mental health and what he's he you know the in terms of that primary health promotion, look no further than the man himself. Mm. So thank you. Thank thanks, you, sir. Thanks, Mel, for your time and thanks for coming on and being so open and and uh, sharing us that exclusive of the uh, event in April. And we look forward to there being more details yeah. soon. And get involved, people. Yeah, get involved. Mm. So that's us for another week. We're coming up to our 10th episode next week. Can and we have a cake? No, we, we should never have a cake. I have, it's still downloading from Digibank. But look, um. we have a huge guest next week that we're super excited about and we can't wait to share the conversation with can you give us a clue just had with him or her mm. no i can't no nothing give yeah. you a clue all right okay giddy up um so thank you for tuning in you can find us on itunes stitcher other yep. platforms podcast platforms uh you can download direct from the site dirtchurchradio.com and uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. We really yep. appreciate that. We've had some really good uh, comments. Don't forget to send us in your greatest run ever. We'd send love to in, hear yep. from you. Send us in your greatest run ever. Send us in anything you, you know, get in touch. We love being part of this community and we love doing what we're doing and we couldn't do it without you. And the Facebook page is growing. Facebook page, yeah, Twitter, everything. Twitter is Instagram, up to about six of, people, I think we've got. Oh, it's back down to three. Is it? Yeah. Did I offend those people? I think my whole thing about Digibake. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Hey, thanks to Mel Law. Thanks to our sponsor, Ultra, uh, and our Zero Drop Overlords. Yeah. Can, where's Rigby now? In transit, apparently. Really? Yeah, he's making his way back from. Doesn't sound promising. No. Mm. Thanks to our editor, Kieran. And uh, yeah, we really have got a great guest next week. So tune in. Catch you then. Kakite. Kakite. Thanks, Rigby. Good, we're going.